This is TF Wire, Transformers Week in Review, episode 93, recorded July 8th, 2007. You're listening to the TF Wire podcast. Pump it to give the Autobots life. So when Spada speak, that means three weeks from now. No, no, Kerr World. Shave the buff. I'm the goddamn Batman. <laughs> I'm the goddamn Batman. Alright, so this is Matrix Prime, and I am signing off. This is Spada saying goodnight, everybody. Hello, and welcome to the TF Wire podcast. I am Jesse, slash Matrix Prime, and joining me on this week's show is Spada. Yo. Yo. Halfin. Bring the rain. Bring the rain. And uh, I don't know what you want to be called. Steve slash Megatron. All right, Steve slash Megatron, host of the uh, War Stories podcast. What's up? All right, so we're talking movie this week. If you don't want to be spoiled, quit listening now. Yeah, (laughs) spoiler alert if anyone didn't get that already. You can fast forward to the end and listen to the music if you want to. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and by the way, we also have a really... Nice new intro, which I'm sure you just listened to. Spada will enjoy it. Well, maybe, considering I haven't even listened to it yet. Yeah, you'll enjoy it when you hear it. Trust me. (laughs) Alright, so to kick off the show, before we actually get to the the movie discussion here, I want to talk about the money the movie's brought in so far. Uh, Last week, week you predicted $100 there, Spada. Yes, I I did. I I didn't have a number. I was chicken shit. (laughs) I'm sorry. Uh, But... uh, uh, so far, um, on the Monday preview night, uh, the Transformers brought in $8.8 million. Uh, Now, that, each theater had three showings, correct? Yes. All right. Yeah. And that was followed by a Tuesday opening of $27.8 million. And on Wednesday, July 4th, the original release date for the movie, uh, the movie took in $29 million. And to round out the work week, the movie took in $19.1 and $22.7 million on Thursday and Friday, respectively. On Saturday, the film took in $25.9 million and has a projected Sunday take of $18.9 million. And after breaking the Tuesday and 4th of July midweek opening records, Transformers now holds the record for the biggest seven-day opening of all time for a non-sequel movie. Uh, to put that in perspective, the movie has topped Spider-Man 1, which took in $151.6 million, The Passion of the Christ, which took in $144.6 million, and Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, which took in $129.4 million. Uh, Paramount is so the giant robots have pretty much squished the spider, beaten up a kid in glasses, and crucified Jesus. Yes. <laughs> Paramount is estimating the global box office take at the end of today will be 246.1 million. The domestic take here in the U.S. is 50% more than what Paramount had anticipated, and 20% more than predicted. And this all this information came from DeadlineHollywoodDaily.com. And the guy who greenlit. The second movie is probably going <laughs> bank. He just greenlit the third one. He just got a raise. <laughs> All right, so are you surprised by these numbers then? I'm happy by them. I don't know how surprised I am, though. If only for the too. fact that isn't it great that they made all their money back in one week? Yeah, that is pretty funny. Well, I'm really I'm I'm happy about it. I am a little bit surprised in the fact that this is an Oh my god, I didn't expect that much. I expected it to make a good amount of money, but not that much. <laughs> and all of my coworkers have now seen it. Well, all of them except one. And 
They all saw it this weekend, and each one of them emailed me saying, dude, you weren't kidding. That was awesome. Well, also in this article, it says that uh, a lot of like older women are going to see this, as well as uh, entire families, so... I don't know what, yeah, the, what the big appeal is there for older women, but... <laughs> when I saw it, there were a lot of dads and their kids. Yeah. There were a lot of... Also, there were a lot of women there, too. Yep. I, I noticed that when I went and saw it. The three different times I've seen it now, so... <laughs> Any, anyone else notice anything like that? Well, I saw a lot of families, and I know for uh, when I went, I've only gone once so far, but uh, I had my dad, my brothers, uh, brothers' girlfriends, my fiance, and a bunch of her friends there, so it was kind of like a party event. The only person that's gone with me so far was my sister, and that's only because she remembered Transformers and enjoyed them. I, I thought you were going to say... She had... What? I thought you were going to say you're Softimus Prime in you. No. Oh. No. <laughs> I... I draw a line at taking toys to the movie. <laughs> you didn't wear your your uh, prime mask in there, voice changer. Well, considering I don't have one, I wasn't going to wear it. Oh, I ended up with one after going. A Cullen one? No, not a not. I won something at the at the showing. Oh, well, I know about that. Well, you know, nobody else does. <laughs> well, you can explain it or leave us hanging. <laughs> uh, they had a one of those stupid little trivia contests. And they said, the first one who stands up and will get to answer. And I was the first one to stand up, and they asked me to name every single American broadcast Transformers series. Yeah, that was a no-brainer. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you got that one right. D- did you say Generation 2? Yeah, I did. <laughs> All right, so I, we can move on now. Uh, we yeah, talked enough on. numbers. Let's move on to the overview of the, the story here in the movie. And Spada, you want to fill us in on that? So at this point in the podcast, we're going to give a brief overview of the story. Uh, and that was going to last about five minutes. And the five minutes ballooned into about 18 minutes. So it was pretty boring, so we just cut it all out. Uh, if you've seen the movie, you know the story. We don't need to explain it. Yeah, true. All right, so there was our quick 18-minute overview. Yeah. <laughs> I, I oh, now... We forgot to mention that Ironhide liked to roll around a lot in the movie. It was yeah. supposed to be a quick... Overview, Halvin. We weren't going into de- into detail. <laughs> all right, all right. We done. We've done the overview, and we've thoroughly lost everybody listening yes. now. So <laughs> let's move. On. I want to know what your immediate first impression was after seeing the movie. After the after you saw the last scene, the credits were rolling. What did you think of it, Steve? Why don't you go first? Well, actually, I thought it was pretty good. I was um, amazed, mostly because when it I first got news of the movie, I wasn't. Uh, too keen on all the ideas that they were changing, but then they made it work out pretty good. So it uh, it ended up being a really good movie. Awesome. Probably gonna go see it a couple more times. That was the fastest paced movie I've ever watched. It never felt like it slowed down to me at any point, and it was a lot better than it needed to be. <laughs> it was better than it needed to be, in the sense that they could have got away with something a lot less and made less money on it. But this thing's far better than it ever needed to be or was expected to be. Spaden? Uh, as soon as it finished, I turned to my the guy I was, uh, one of my co-workers, and I just, we both said at the same time, that was awesome. Uh, yeah, it was awesome. And being able to see it in the theater like that, I haven't seen a movie in a theater in a while, so forgive me, but it it was... It was absolutely fantastic when I saw it, and the buzz that came that came off of me when, as we were sitting there 
what, waiting for the credits to roll to see if there was anything afterwards was just absolutely awesome. It was it was awesome. Cool. Well, as I said in the podcast before, I was going to take my parents to one of the showings, and I ended up talking them into going to the very first showing on the preview night. And after it was over, uh, my mom said she really liked it, as did my dad. And my mom asked me how I felt, and I couldn't really answer the question. I didn't know how I felt about the movie. Uh, the comedy was a little bit too much for me uh, when I first saw it. And I thought it was going to be kind of more epic than what it was, based on the trailers and the TV spots we'd seen. So that was my uh, initial impression after seeing the movie. Okay, well, those are our initial impressions. Why don't we go, uh, what do we think about the story? And the flow of the story, and the flow of the plot, in quotes. Steve, you want to start? Overall, I think. The hell with you, Halfen. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> the story was pretty fast-paced. It, I liked it. It was, um, it, it was pretty... Co- Constant and kept uh, kept you interested. It made you feel like the the movie wasn't actually as long as it was because you never actually you know were looking at your watch saying you know it's it's really long. But um, the way they portrayed a lot of the characters was still pretty close to how they are. And uh, just overall, I'd have to say that um, they did a lot better than I had thought. Now you can talk, Holden. <laughs> oh wow! All right. <laughs> actually, I. Didn't know how you should make this movie because I knew if it was too serious, it would be it wouldn't work. That's why you're not in charge. If it was made too, yeah, and if it was made <laughs> too funny, it definitely wouldn't have worked. But I think it balanced out probably the best it ever could because we're dealing with giant robots. If you take it too seriously, you're going to lose people, especially for the first movie. And like I said, it was the best paced movie I've watched because I. Most movies end up having that moment where it's like, okay, how much longer is it? And mm-hmm. I never thought that. Pirates of the Caribbean 2, anyone? Yeah. <laughs> but it just—it was just the fact that about every ten minutes, something happened. Well, uh, I'll go next. I, I liked the overall story. There were, however, quite a few elements I felt that just... If you removed them completely, the movie would have been just as good. Like Sector Seven and that blonde chick and the fat black guy. I'm, I'm, Those story elements didn't need to be there. Anything else? Um, no. I'll get into it when we start talking about the things that we didn't like. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, I really liked the uh, fast-paced uh, flow of the movie. I thought that was nice. Um, like, like, like you said, I wasn't a big fan of the whole Sector Seven thing. I thought that was to- totally pointless. Um, also, the subplot, like you said, uh, with the uh, uh, Australian chick and the hacker. Well, what was the purpose of that? They identified the signal, and and they were on a helicopter, and we they just went away. Um, they, what? They poked Frenzy with a stick. Ooh. I could have poked Frenzy with a stick. And I'm not going to isolate that clip now. <laughs> Uh, I also didn't like, like I said, uh, on my first initial impression, some of the comedy that was in there, uh, like Bumblebee pissing on the Sector 7 guy. I could have done without that. I think we all could have done without that. Yeah, and I didn't like the, well, I've already said Sector 7, but more specifically the, uh, the, uh, John Turrell guy. What's that guy's name? Simmons? Yeah. Yeah. Simmons in the movie. Was that the crazy one? 
the, he wore yes. the Sector Seven shirt. Yeah. I, yeah. I didn't like that joke at all. I, I get the reason why they did it. He lives and breathes Sector Seven. You know, I understand it. They could have just done without that. You know, they could have just replaced the shirt with a shirt that says "douchebag" and <laughs> pretty much been perfectly fine. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's my thoughts on the story. Uh, you want to move on to acting now? Uh, what did what did you what did you think of the uh, the actual human characters and then the voice acting itself? Well, let's start with Hoffman this time. <laughs> Changing it up, man. <laughs> I I thought the better part of all the actors in it did a fantastic job. I mean, dealing with the fact that most of them were acting against nothing there or possibly a pole standing <laughs> up to represent how high the robot was supposed to be. You know, thank God some of them have some imagination, I guess is the best way to put it. And as far as the voice acting for Transformers, they all sounded like you would hope they would. Not like the video game version. <laughs> we're not discussing the game on this podcast. Steve? Yes, but again... Well, the, uh, uh, the voice actors in the movie were, like you guys said, a lot better in the game, but uh, the, uh, um, the part with like Prime, he, he sounded great, because it was more like the original movie. Megatron, they made him sound a lot more menacing in this movie, which was kind of cool. It kind of fit the character more. Um, as for, like, the human actors, um, most of them did pretty good. Like, Megan Fox's character tended to not do too much or really get into it until mostly when they were being chased by the Transformers. But uh, um, other than that, I thought they did a pretty good job in it. All right, don't, don't, don't start there. talking yet. Okay. We didn't lose Go. Steve's clip, did we? Go. No, I got it. Okay. Uh, I'll go next. I thought that the acting was good. However, I think there was a lot of overacting. Sector 7? I think it was... Yeah, Sector 7 was just <laughs> pathetic that... That... The fat black hacker guy was just... I didn't think he could even... I don't think he can act his way out of a paper bag. <laughs> his, uh... Um, his cousin. I liked his cousin a lot better than him. Oh, the, you mean the one dancing the yeah. dance dance yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, he was the actually, window. Yeah, yeah, he was Got tackled bad. in the pool. I thought yeah. everyone did a good job, except the one thing that really got me at the end was when you actually heard Bumblebee's voice, it didn't fit the character at all. Yep. At least I thought. thought. It was... It and... It and Ironhide had the same problem. They both sounded British. Well, maybe they are. Funny, I thought of I thought a Camaro was made in America. Well, they did learn to speak on the internet. Remember? Oh, that is. Maybe true. they were checking out some UK websites. Um, but other than that, I thought Megan Fox was nowhere near as bad as I thought she was going to be. And I thought Shia LaBeouf, LaBeouf, Shia LaBeouf, LaBeouf was phenomenal. I thought he really did a good job. I I don't think anyone could have done as good a job as he did. Well, I'm right there with you on Shia LaBeouf. I think he's a great actor. If you haven't seen Disturbia, buy the movie. It's coming out soon. Uh, As for Megan Fox, uh, at the beginning, I thought she was a little weak. Uh, As the movie went on, I thought she got a little better. Uh, She was actually a a lot better than what I thought she was going to be. Um, I think John Voight's character as a Secretary of Defense, 
he fit the, the role well until the end of the movie, and it just seemed to like fall apart for him. Yeah, it. it I think that was just the writing, <laughs> because they gave him. He was really strong in the beginning, and then he just kind of was stupid towards the end. When they were fighting Frenzy there in Sector 7, or whatever that was, in Hoover Dam, that little room they were uh, barricaded in, at one point it looked like he was dancing around. Oh, no, he was dodging the um, the CDs. Well, I don't, I don't know what he was doing, but it <laughs> he shouldn't do it ever again. It just didn't look right. Um, well, I want to I want to ask you guys something really quickly. Do you remember you know in the part where Megan Fox is driving Bumblebee around in the tow truck? Yep. Yeah. She turns to him and says, "I'll drive you," and I'm assuming she says, "Shoot." She does say shoot. But everyone, everyone I have talked to, has mentioned it sounds like she's saying something along the lines of, "I'll drive you, stew." It makes absolutely no sense. No, I know. Every time I've heard shot. <laughs> I've heard shot or shoot, too. It just must be... Your ears Halfen. Or Halfen. Spada. <laughs> Sorry for insulting you. The, uh, you better be. <laughs> I know the theater that is near us has a little bit older technology. Like, the speaker systems, I know for a fact, are a little bit older. And maybe that's the issue. Well, it's definitely shoot, but it's not, like, a clear... She doesn't speak it's the word clear. clearly. Yeah. Yeah, it's not clear. There was either something else she said, it was cut off in editing, or, or another sound effect or something, but yeah, it's not a clear, I'll drive, you shoot. But she's definitely saying shoot. I'll drive, you blarg. <laughs> uh, but as far as voice acting, um, did the Decepticons get to talk? Barricade had one line. <laughs> Starscream had one line. Oh, Starscream had two. He had a second line. Yeah, first he shows up and says, I live only to serve you, Megatron, and then it's like, the humans took it. That's his two lines. When he lands after seeing Megatron on the dam. You failed me again, Starscream. So so Starscream had less lines than Boba Fett. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Wow. But maybe he'll be playing a major role in the next movie since he's flying off into space. Yeah. Barricade didn't say anything. Bone Crusher kind of garbled a scream, a battle cry. <laughs> Blackout didn't say anything. I'm sorry. Barricade did say something. Are you user? What is it? Um, ladies man, two women. Ladies man, two, two, two women. Yeah. Two. Are you ladies man? <laughs> yeah, something I never thought I'd hear out of a Transformer's mouth. <laughs> um, I really liked um, the. Uh, not the voice, I guess, but the uh, the sound effects they use for Frenzy. Yes. Whatever those, whatever you want to call those, definitely wasn't a voice. Um, kind of um, well, it was a voice, but it was more of a sound because of. Well, yeah, he was speaking Cybertronian. Yeah. Hugo Weaving, I thought did a fantastic job as Megatron. Um, I think he's. If a- I didn't know it, if I didn't know it was Hugo Weaving, I never would have guessed it. Well, yeah, it only sounded like him in maybe two lines. I, I think he's a great actor either way. Um, I was happy with even when his even when his voice is run through a synthesizer or whatever it was. Yes, I was I was happy with the performance we got out of him. The Autobots, I liked all the voices except, like you said, Spada Bumblebee at the end there. It just didn't seem to fit the character at all. Um, but overall, I think Peter Cullen did the best out of anyone. 
He just nailed the yep. role as Prime. Yes. yes, yes, he did. <laughs> and with that said, we can move on to our thoughts on the CGI in this movie. Spader, you want to kick, kick us off this time? That is, quite honestly, the best CGI I've ever seen. <laughs> I, I really don't know what else to say other than that was the best goddamn CGI I've ever seen. And it, I was worried that it was going to be a little bit too cartoony, but it ended up not being at all. It totally fit within the realm of the real world. Often. I just I thought it was great. It was, like Spada, the best CGI I ever saw. Plus, they only used it more or less for the Transformers and a few other things. Like, when you saw the Transformers interacting with the real-world objects, they were actually interacted like like every time you saw a car flip or whatever, they did all that stuff and filmed it. So it did not. So you just saw the robot messing with it, and it didn't look like it was all animated together. Yep. I think and that that's, helped out a lot. I really think that's what something Michael Bay does well. He really directed the scenes where the Transformers were interacting with reality very, very well. Steve, all right. I uh, I thought the CGI was phenomenal. It was it was great. The the way they uh, they made them look, they looked so realistic. And I like like how the like when you got to see Prime's face, like the in depth of uh, like the textures and the detail put into it. You could tell that they um they'd been working on that kind of stuff for a while, and you know they they pulled it off, made it look really good on the screen. Wasn't it like two days to render one one second of animation? Wasn't that what it was? Something like that. Yeah, it was insane. Uh, yeah, I think the CG, this is the best CGI I've ever seen in a movie. Previously, and this is an old movie, but I think the best CGI uh, was still in uh, Jurassic Park. That's that's my thoughts. Um, that's the one thing I keep having people refer to anytime I've talked to them, that it's kind of like when you saw Jurassic Park for the first time. Yeah. I mean, the CGI in that movie is phenomenal. Phenomenal. I, it still holds up real well. A lot of CGI movies now, you can actually tell that it's fake. It's just there's just something about it that doesn't look real. Uh, but in the Transformers here, I only noticed that maybe in one scene where Ironhide was getting out of the pool, where it sort of looked fakey CGI-ish. Uh, but every other time, I thought the CGI held up quite well. The one thing that I think is interesting about Jurassic Park is to this day, I still have trouble looking at the movie going, okay, that was CGI. That was a puppet. Yep. (laughs) And with some of the stuff in Transformers, I have a hard time being able to tell what was CGI and what was a puppet because there was that giant Bumblebee puppet that they used. Well, I can tell which scenes those are in. And, it is. It's difficult. It's a lot more difficult than you. I, would I mean, think. the actual CGI and the and the the model they built they they look the same. But I, I mean, I I can tell which one which scenes have the model in it. Well, aren't you special? <laughs> uh, well, when, let me let me let me also ask you guys something. Could this movie have been made three or four years ago? No. No. Not not with well, this. They could have made it not this well. Yeah, not, but they could have no. made it not with this level of CGI. That's my thoughts. Unless we wanted something like the Hulk. Oh, God. 
I don't know. I still think the, the biggest problem with the Hulk, everyone said they look fake. Well, I don't know. Uh, neon or lime green man, how realistic is it going to look? Apparently not too realistic. <laughs> I mean, hell, what was it? The old 60s version, even with the body makeup. Lou, Lou Ferrigno. Totoro? Ferrigno. Yeah, him, Ferrigno. <laughs> he didn't look real, and he was an actual person. Yeah, but I think we might want to slide back into Transformers instead of going a Hulk tangent any further. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> All right, so we've, we've talked uh, story, we've talked acting, we've talked CGI now. Uh, what is your favorite part or scene in the movie? Them hiding around the house. That is easily one of the... Not only is it just really well done, it's one of the best scenes I've seen in a movie in a long time, outside of the action sequences, but... Just the fact that, one, they weren't goofy. It was all situational. It was, like, good lord. How, no, who would have thought that one up and actually pulled it off like that? Steve? Steve? Um, I thought that the, uh, my, my favorite scene, anyway, I think, was um, mostly the action scene towards the end where everybody is getting blown up and uh, all the explosions and... The mostly the main battle between Prime and Megatron, because it kind of gave like a um, like thoughts of how the original movie kind of ran through. I mean, although a different outcome, it was still um, a lot more epic than the original movie. It's made it my turn. Yo, I, I, it's gonna be kind of weird, but I have to say my favorite scene was Frenzy on Air Force One. Well, that's an odd one to pick. I just, I really liked that scene for some reason. I just, I like the whole idea that this little, little Transformer is just as dangerous as the bigger guys. And then when he came off Air Force One, where he's sneaking around the airfield and walking around, and the one part where he just kind of puts his hand in front of his face and kind of quickly walks by everybody. (laughs) He was hiding, you know. Yes, he gave the humans the finger as he got in barricade. Mm-hmm. Yep. Anyways, my favorite scene happened to be at the end of the movie, um, with Prime giving his little uh, monologue there at the end, uh, because I think Prime just nailed, or Cullen just nailed the character of Prime, um, and it, it sets it up for uh, what I think it will be, hopefully, be a uh, pretty good sequel. All right. Or I can say the, mas- the <laughs> masturbation scene with the parents in, his, in Sam's room. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> And then Michaela stands up and they're like, oh, um, never mind. <laughs> I, I like that part, too. Now, since we stated the favorite part, well, what was your least favorite part? The Cybertron hologram and the Arctic flashbacks. People keep saying that. Why? I think because, to me, it was like, we didn't need to see it to get the point. Plus, finding out that Sam's great-grandfather triggered Megatron's uh, navigation system by touching his finger didn't seem as epic as to say that he somehow accidentally activated his navigation system. So would you have rather had the camera just focus on Prime while he's talking? I think that was the just that one area could have been shortened up a lot easier with a few less lines maybe and we could have just cut right just kept going. Yeah, that was the one thing I never understood. How did Prime know that? Yeah, he How wasn't he even there. No, he activated the navigation system. Shh, it's a plot hole. Oh, damn it. 
The internet, baby, the internet. He used Google. <laughs> Google knows all. Come on. All right, so Steve, what's, what was your least favorite part? Um, I think the part where uh, they made it so that Bumblebee was taking a leak on Agent Simmons because that part was pretty <laughs> stupid. I couldn't agree more. That was mine as well. So, Spade, it's up to you now. The part where Australian girl and took the took the disc to fat guy. Okay, yeah, maybe, maybe that's on top of my list too. That was she and he could not have been any scene involving those two. The scene where they were at his house and the scene where they were in that detention area where he ate all the donuts. Those like two five minute scenes could have just been completely negated from the movie and you would never have known the difference. And, and like they mentioned in the Totally Rad show, if anyone watches this, uh, watches that uh, video. I haven't watched podcast. I haven't watched that one yet. Alright, well, it's totallyradshow.com anyways. Um, like one of the hosts on there said, why is it there always seems to be just one person that can figure it out? And in, in this movie it happens to be this hacker guy. Why could no one else figure it out? Yeah, you would think the government would actually have, you know... I mean, why I why isn't this guy working for the government? Because he wants to play video games and hang out with his cousin. Oh. <laughs> At his grandma's house. Exactly. <laughs> Alright, so we've, we've answered all that now. Uh, moving on to this, the number of times you've seen the movie, or the number of times you plan on seeing the movie. Well, I'd like to see it more than just once, I just haven't had a chance to go. That's no excuse. I've seen it three times now. I just went and saw it again today, uh, so it was fresh in my memory. Um, I, I might see it one more time before it leaves theaters, but it, it'll be a while. So, Well, I've seen it three, and I might end up going two more times, mainly because I know other people that are going to go, and because they know I like Transformers, they want me to go with them. And... I told them, if you buy me the ticket, I'll go. They said, okay. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to shell out the seven seven fifty, I don't care. Steve? Well, I've seen it once. I plan on seeing it about another two times, and then maybe another time after that in uh, one of the $2 movie things around here, just before they come to DVD. Yep. And then, uh, yeah, I'll probably still see it about that many times. Now, when do you think we're going to see the DVD release? November. You're still sticking yeah. with that when we, after we talked about it on the podcast? Yeah. I, I'm going to agree. That's when the AllSpark Power Toys are going to come out. <laughs> Perfect tie-in. It's about the same time they relaunched the uh, original movie last year. Oh, yeah, that's right. Well, I, I'm down for a November release. That's not that far off. As long, no. as, long as it's before the, before the end of the year at some point. Yeah. Well, I think that's a given. Yeah, I hope. Yeah, what it's about what? If the movie does really well in theaters, it's about four months or as close to Christmas as they can get. Or if it does really bad in theaters, then it's about a month and a half, two months. That seems to be the pattern. Well, I guess I guess we can uh, tell once once the movie starts dropping off to like one uh, one showing at each theater. Currently here, it's a, it's on three screens, so. Yikes. <laughs> I just want to know if we're going to end up with, like, uh, a regular edition and then maybe an extended version, because it's obvious things were cut out of this movie. 
And then we're going to get the HD version. Oh, you're the one that's waiting for that <laughs> one the most. All right, but, all right. Like when you, but honestly, when you look at the trailers, you can see that there was little things that didn't pop up in the actual movie, which isn't uncommon, but it makes me wonder how much footage got cut out to get it down to two hours and 20 minutes. I'm only that there was a lot more footage cut out than we think there was. Uh, I just I have this strange feeling that a lot was cut. I don't think a lot of the CGI was cut. There's got to be something cut from the Bumblebee barricade fight. There's got to be. And there's got to be. Yeah, that something. was too short. And we have to find out what happened to barricade because that just never was answered. That's another plot hole. We know Scorpionock ran away. Okay, that makes sense. He ran away. Um, yeah, Barricade just kind of laid there going, bzz, 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 bzz. I'm hoping for another 30 minutes to 45 if we're lucky. 30 That's minutes? Jesus. Like... <laughs> I, I'm only I, saying I... this because of the amount of CGI action sequences that may or may not have been finished. I got to agree with Hoffman because I, I would really, really like to see that amount extra. And you know they've already got that. They've already got that planned out somehow. Well, Michael Bay did say that the original cut was like three hours, didn't he? Yeah. 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 So, yeah. I don't know. Because he doesn't like to not get all of his explosions in movies. <laughs> this is true. All right, so with that said, uh, what are you going to give this movie in terms of a final rating here? Steve? I'd give it a... <laughs> okay, often. <laughs> no, Never mind, often. No one was talking. I was volunteering. Jeez. Go for it then. I would. All right. I'll give it a solid eight, if only for the fact that even if the plot's got some issues, the visuals help push it even further. I mean, in most movies, I don't give. If you're going on the ten scale, I wouldn't give them an eight. So it's certainly the most fun I've had in a theater in a long time. Steve, I'd give it an A also, for the fact that. Uh... It had a lot of comedy, seriousness, and action in it, and it um, it, it's it keeps your interest pretty well. It. All right, I I I have to give it a seven point five, simply because I thought there was a lot of frivolous stuff, like Sector Seven and the uh, two characters who I've constantly harped on as being <laughs> useless, and Australian the fact hacker that the, shit. Yeah, that. And, the fact that the Decepticons had no development whatsoever, other than grr, arg. But uh, besides those points, it was a very good summer blockbuster movie. Well, as I said at the uh, start of this, I didn't know what to think of the movie after I saw it for the first time. I posted a little review on the forums of what I liked what I didn't like. I gave the movie a 7 out of 10. And then I saw the movie a second time, and the stuff that I didn't like about it the first time I watched it really didn't affect me all that much on my second viewing. So I upped my score a little bit to uh, 8 out of 10. And when I, I just watched it again today for the third time, I'm liking it a little more and more each time I watch it. So I'm still going to give it an 8 out of 10. Uh, like you said, Spada, there's a lot of character development issues with the Decepticons. Um, some of the comedy I still don't like, uh, but overall I think it's a really great action movie, and it seems to be hitting the uh, uh, mass appeal factor that Michael Bay was going for. So, if my parents like it, my brother likes it, 
and they don't have any interest in Transformers whatsoever, I think they're doing something right. So, anything else? Nope. All right, so this nope. is Matrix Prime signing off for this week. This is Spada saying, see you guys next week, and have a good week. This is Hoffman saying, sleep well, handsome man. <laughs> Jesus. It's Steve saying, see you later, and see you on the next War Stories. <laughs>